Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Black and Abdallah, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. ESPN Chicago app. Watch us on YouTube live. Go to ESPN Chicago on YouTube. Click that subscribe and follow button. Whatever the kids do, the thumbs up, the little little bell, little bell to be notified whenever we post a new video. And when we go live, like right now, watch us also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. It is an all calls welcome Friday brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. That means we'll talk about anything. Anything you want to talk about, which host you would eat first in a, uh, a plane crash, if a plane crashed or whatever, uh, to anything you want to. But I did not think we would start uh, tonight uh, with this, Tyler. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. Sean Tarania has given an update to Zach Levine's injury status. He left the game last night with a sprained right ankle, and he is going to miss at least a week's time, according to Shams. And now Bulls PR has officially released a statement as well, saying that Zach Levine will be out at least a week. Shams is saying one to two weeks, at least a week, one to two weeks. It's all the same. Zach Levine is going to be out, which means the Bulls will probably play better. Well, they've actually been playing all right with him back. Yeah, okay. But, you know, I, I was with you, though. Like, I think that I like I like watching the Bulls more without Zach Levine, but he has no trade value. The only way to increase his trade value is for him to actually play. Yeah. So I feel like if you're a Bulls fan, you kind of want to see him play if you want him out. Well, yeah, absolutely. And now, you know, Casey Johnson was reporting yesterday that the Bulls might have to move Lonzo Ball's money along with it uh, to make like some form of deal work. And like, there's all these moving parts. The problem is the trade deadline is in like two weeks. Yeah. The trade deadline is February 8th. So if he's going to be out at least one week, one to two weeks, you're not going to have that much time to yeah. show like the league. Here's the thing. The league knows what Zach Levine is mm-hmm. him coming out after the a- ankle injury and playing two great games or whatever it is. Not going to matter. The league knows what he is, and he is overpaid for what he is, and to try to fit him in to a team that's a contender that has a high salary is going to be very tough without taking away high salary from that team, which means you're probably taking away a good player or you're taking away like half their bench. It's, yeah, I mean, the audition's over for him. absolutely. at this point, and that's the thing is, uh, the way I feel with Zach Levine now if you're AK, if you're average, like, just get what you can. It doesn't even matter to me. You get back a, a treasure trove of second rounders, cool. I, I don't care what the what you're bringing in at this point. Just get him out. I would not be surprised if the trade deadline on February 8th comes and goes and Zach Levine is still here. Oof. I wouldn't be. Yeah. I wouldn't be. Because if you if he has no trade value, he's now injured. Mm-hmm. which hurts that lack of trade value even more 
Because ankles are something that can just keep popping up. Ankle injuries can just keep on popping up. But it was just like a slight little tweak. Like I, yeah. I'm not concerned about this being something. But now that'll this is more and more. Like he missed what almost a month. How much yeah. long did he miss? It was miss? like four Three weeks. weeks yeah. Four weeks. And then now you add this in. I wouldn't be surprised if they just have to suck it up and keep him this year. And then you reevaluate in the off season. Mm. You just got to hope some team gets desperate enough now. Unless someone else gets hurt. Mm-hmm. It's all calls. Welcome. 312-332-3776. That's enough on the Bulls. Chris Black has the night off. Tyler Aki in for Chris Black. And I want to talk Bears with you, obviously. I love mock draft season. Ooh, I love it. I think it's the best. I love reading everybody's different mock drafts. I think as someone like you and I who watch a lot of college football, you co-host Chicago's College Tailgate along with Shane Norling during the college football season. I watch these guys just like you do all college football season, and it's great to see where they're going to end up, which teams, and I love how everything changes throughout mock draft season. I don't care who's right. I don't care who's wrong. I just love it. Every time we get a mock draft, I instantly click on it. I don't care. I love it. Trades, no trades. It's all great to me. It's all gravy. And today we get one from Daniel Jeremiah. No trades, just a straightforward mock draft where you get the Bears selecting number one overall, Caleb Williams. We've seen Justin Fields continue to improve, but I still believe GM Ryan Pohl's decision at number one overall will be an easy one. The Bears select Williams, the most talented quarterback in the class. And that's fine. That's what Daniel Jeremiah thinks. Mm -hmm. I think that that's what a lot of draft experts are going to say. I have a feeling when Mel Kuyper's first mock draft comes out uh, in a week or so, he's going to also say Caleb Williams will be going number one overall. What I did find interesting is number two, Drake May, number three, Jane Daniels, and then the rise of these wide receivers. Yeah. Number four, obviously, the Cardinals go with Marvin Harrison Jr. I think everybody thought that that was going to happen. They're sticking with Kyler Murray. You need to get him a better weapon. So Marvin Harrison Jr., you are now an Arizona Cardinal. Congratulations. But then that starts a run on the three best wide receivers in the draft, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody was hoping that you could pair, whether it's Justin Fields or Caleb Williams, with either Roma Dunze or Malik Neighbors. Yeah. Now, there's still an opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you decide to stick with Justin Fields, you can trade back to, you know, three or wherever and end up taking one of those wide receivers ahead of the Cardinals, Chargers, and Giants because the Cardinals take Marvin Harrison Jr., the Chargers take Roma Dunze, and according to Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com, the New York Giants select Malik Neighbors. Now, I think there's an opportunity if you, like I said, if you keep Justin Fields, you move back. Maybe you pick up a wide receiver at three or two or whatever you, whatever you decide that to. has to be. Like, if you're trading back, you're going out and getting the top receiver on the board. Yeah, absolutely, right? I also don't have a problem with what Daniel Jeremiah is laying out. I think you and I both agree that it's probably time to move on from Justin Fields mm-hmm. and that you select Caleb Williams number one overall. And then at number nine, because the wide receivers, I would have loved... If Roma Dunze was still there or Malik Neighbors was still there, but they're not. So you take another position of need for the Bears and don't tell me, oh, you draft best player, not position of need. Edge rusher is a position of need for the Bears. Yes. They're probably not going to sign Yannick Ngakwe to an ex- uh, an- another deal. You have Montez Sweat, pair a young edge rusher on the other side. That edge rusher, because Dallas Turner is gone to the Atlanta Falcons from Alabama, 
will be Jared Verse from Florida State, who is a great player. Yes, I loved watching Jared Verse, and he's a guy who really came on late in his career. He started JUCO at Albany, and then he transfers down to to Florida State, or not JUCO, uh, he started at FCS, Mm -hmm. and then he goes to, to Florida State, and then was dominant for two years at Florida State. A lot of people thought he would come out last year, ends up going back to school, and then he just went out and had, I mean, he's one of the best pass rushers you'll find in this draft. And it's something that we've been talking about a little bit, but this is a great draft if you need premium positions like quarterback, mm-hmm. like offensive tackle, mm-hmm. like edge rusher, like wide receiver. It is a pretty deep draft when it comes to that. And the Bears kind of need all of those right now. So Jared Verse, I, I would love that pick if I was the Chicago Bears. I would say that there are tiers, though. Right? Definitely, yeah. Like the first tier of wide receiver is gone by the time the Bears pick. Mm-hmm. You know, those three wide receivers are, are are without a doubt the first tier of wide receiver, and then you go back. I think that you know the next edge rusher I'm seeing that goes off the board uh, is I just had it. Where did he the next go? It was Chop Robinson from uh, Penn State. Penn State. Mm-hmm. Goes 23rd to the Texans. I think that there is a not a big gap. But a small, yeah, small gap between Turner verse and then Chop Robinson. Yeah, like I like Chop Robinson. I think yeah. he's a great player, but I don't know if he's a top ten pick. He, I mean, he had the benefit too of playing on a defensive line that had two guys that are probably going to be first rounders. He was playing yeah. across another guy who was very, very talented as well at Penn State. So. Yeah, I mean, like the edge rushers are are certainly a position of need. I would put edge rusher, I think, for the Bears is more of a need than a left tackle would be. And you're kind of in that boat when you're picking at nine where that may be a predicament you're in. The run on receivers has already happened. And then you got to choose between, all right, are we going to go with an edge rusher? Are we going to go with a offensive tackle here? Another interesting thing that I saw out of this mock draft is that Brock Bowers is at 15. And that's a name that a lot of people think is going to slot inside like what the top seven, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. you, there, there's a world where the Chargers say, you know what? We really like our wide receiver options. I mean, we we went out and drafted Quentin Johnson last he hasn't year. Been very good though. Yeah, but maybe it's just rookie receiver. Like yeah. you try to develop him. You're going to get Mike Williams back. You've got Keenan Allen. Maybe you part with ways with one of them for salary reasons, and then you go out and get a tight end like Brock Bowers, and and use that to complement your offense because Brock Bowers. He's listed as a tight end, but he's a receiver. Yeah, and he can play anywhere on the field that you need him to. He's got a nasty uh, streak to him as well. So mm-hmm. he's one of those guys. He's like you think of like a George Kittle almost, like just a nasty guy. But he's a, a really good pass catcher, and, and I mean he's a better. I think he'll project out as a better pass catcher than what Kittle is, and Kittle's fantastic at it. Um, but Brock Bowers is one of these guys that you're seeing coming into the league as this new age tight end that's. In a, in a time where they're really valuing the new age tight end who is like pretty much a receiver. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people have been, you know, wanting him on the Bears. I don't think they're going to do that. You know, they just paid uh, Cole Komet, and I don't think they're, they have other positions of need, but they just spent a bunch of money on Cole Komet. Right. So and, I don't think they're going to do that. That tipped their hand. Yeah. That exactly. They, not that they're not interested in a Brock Bowers, but that, all right. There's other positions of need. You can and draft they're happy a tight end later in the draft, too. You yeah, know, like you can get sure. one later. That's fine. I mean, the, the Packers drafted two last year mm-hmm. Musgrave and Kraft, and both of them have been fantastic this year. If, if they come away 
with, and it, this is also assuming if they take Caleb Williams, that they trade Justin Fields and hopefully get a second round pick back for him. Mm-hmm. So you, you recoup your second round pick or, or one of your second round, you know, wherever it may be. It might not be right where you were slotted to go, but wherever you end up with a second round pick. Let's say it's Atlanta. You have the 40th pick in the draft. Yeah, that'd be great because then. You could maybe add one of those second tier wide receivers there. Mm-hmm. Maybe you, maybe there is a uh, a left tackle that you say, "Hey, we're not going to spend. We like Braxton Jones, but we're going to take someone in the second round to maybe have some competition at that position." Because anyone you pick in the first round needs to start. Yeah, simple as that. Whether it's quarterback, edge, wide receiver, doesn't matter. That player is going to be a starter from day one. Right. So. I would, don't think the Bears are going to be taking a tackle there because they like Braxton Jones. I would not be upset with this draft. No, I would be pretty happy with this with first it. round at least. Yeah, I mean, you know? my, my ideal world is you go quarterback receiver, but quarterback and edge. I mean, we talk about how much of a multiplier Montez Sweat has been since he's joined the Bears mm-hmm. and how he makes everyone else along that line better. Well, now you're adding another player who... Could, uh, with the talent in this draft at defensive end and, and edge rusher, like you're adding potentially another multiplier, and just think of how scary that could be because those timelines now line up. You're going to have five years of Montez Sweat and five years of a young pass rusher. Yeah, and you, you think about too. All right, Montez Sweat at the end of his five-year contract that he signed with the Bears probably going to be done as a Bear. He'll be uh, well on the wrong side of thirty at that point, but you still have his replacement there and a guy who will have a lot more experience and who knows, maybe ends up being the next Montez sweat with a guy like Jared verse. I think that if you take a wide receiver after those three are gone at nine, you're overdrafting a wide receiver. I agree. And so that's why I like whether it's Turner, if he's still there, but in this mock draft, he's not Jared verse to me is a great pickup. Three, one, two, three, three, two, three, seven, seven, six, all calls. Welcome every single Friday. Let's start with Ken in Toledo. What's up, Ken? Fellas, hey, what's going on? What's going on? Look, can I play Ryan Poles for a moment with this number one draft? Sure, I'm always. Sending an e- look at here. I'm sending an email out to all 32 teams. I'm taking your 25-26 number one pick for this number one. That'll give me six number ones by 2026. 2027, I got a juggernaut. I'm going to win with Jim McMahon, asked Jim Finks with that 85 Bears with all them number ones. Asked Jerry Jones with that uh, Herschel Walker trade. You see, this is how you build a team. I was with you, Black, but last year you said, look, you take that number one, you build you a team. Well, I'm with that, but with six number ones, with a potential six number ones coming up, plus you got your twos and your threes, you're on the next three drafts. No, man, you, you got Justin Fields. Imagine if Mike Dick had Justin Fields on that 85 team. Think about what I'm saying. Look, leave them guys alone. Let them play with them. Get two number ones for that, that pick. And that's my two cents. Hey, thanks for taking my calls, fellas. Thanks, Ken. Have Appreciate a good night, it. Ken. Yeah, you, I mean, you obviously could. You absolutely could 
potentially do that, and uh, you never know. Because I think if they decide to stick with Fields, which a bunch of analysts have said to do, you know, uh, Lewis Riddick has said it, Brock Heward has said it, uh, like every former Bear has said it, essentially, uh, to current stick bear. with Fields. Yeah, and current Bear, too. Uh, to stick with Fields and trade that first pick and get yourself two, first, two future firsts, and then you could... Yeah, you could have two first-round picks this year, next year, the year after, and you absolutely could do that, and they might do that. But as of right now, it, every draft analyst seems to think that they're not going to do that. Let's go to Nick in Indiana. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Hey, listen, I, I'm driving home in the snow, so I just want to ask a question, and uh, I'm going to hang up and let you guys answer. Um, you were saying that you think that the, those top-tier wide receivers would be gone at nine. Is there a chance, is there another team you think that the Bears could trade with to trade up from that number nine? And if so, what all do you think it would take? I'm going to um, hang up and let you guys answer. Thanks, Nick. Appreciate it. I don't think they would do it. Yeah, I'm not I don't, a proponent of that. Yeah, I don't think that, if anything, they might, if those wide receivers are gone and they don't like the edge rushers or they plan to spend on an edge rusher in free agency or whatever it is, maybe they move down. And that's yeah. a place where they, if they take, you know, Caleb one, and then they move down from number nine because someone wants Jared Verse or someone wants a, a tackle that they is afraid that they're afraid is going to go. So then you recoup your second round pick that way by moving out. I don't think that Ryan Ryan Poles has moved up before, but I don't think he's doing it early, giving up draft capital to move up in the first round. Based, but if it's like for a fourth or third round or something like yeah. that. He'll move up for that. Right. We saw him do it with Tyreek Stevenson last year. Exactly. Um, I, I think, too, and I would say this with every mock draft, but don't take it as gospel that, oh, this is the board, this is the hand that Ryan Poles is going to be dealt, right? Like, this is just one guy's opinion here. Like, uh, pretty much every other mock draft I've seen has Brock Bowers in the top seven or so, six picks, maybe. Yeah. And that, of course, would bump everyone down a spot. And a lot of mock drafts that I see have a couple more offensive linemen in the first nine as well. So I think by nature, I would guess, like, I don't know if there's going to be a quote-unquote run on receivers like this where we see, boom, three off the board in a row. There could be, but I just don't know if we will see that. And I, I if I had to guess, I would say no. Like, how often do you see a run on receivers that early? Four, five, six. Like, how many times do you even see two receivers know, go in the top are really ten? really good, though. They are good. Don't get me wrong. Like, I would want any of the three on my team, no doubt about it. But how often do you see a run on a position in the top ten outside of the quarterback? UPS Roy's on the north side. What's up, Roy? Hey, what's up, fellas? Can y'all hear me okay? Yep, we got gotcha. you. All right. Hey, uh, so... I'm I'm good with Caleb Williams. I'm I'm preferably I'd like to actually keep Justin Fields and uh, use that draft hall to build around him. Maybe in a couple of years and get you know another quarterback and put him in a good spot. But uh, what about the scenario of trading that number one pick to a team that has a decent quarterback? Like for example, trading the number one pick to the Chargers for Herbert, or trading the number nine pick potentially to Pres to Dallas for Prescott, and just kind of. Any other scenario y'all can think of as far as a veteran quarterback coming in? You say Justin Herbert, Roy, and I'm in. You like (laughs) say less. Like I, I don't think it's something that'll happen. But I think it'll take more than one though. And and yeah, it may. You may have to. You might have package in some other stuff. uh, It might take two first round picks. Well, if you think about it, like what's your what's your value of a a, the first round pick? It's three, right? 
like you can supposedly get three first rounders for this pick. Yeah. So isn't it kind of worth three? Yeah, I would say so. So maybe you throw in like a, a little sweetener second or something like that, like or or a third or something of that nature. Like I think if like if you gave me the opportunity to get Justin Herbert, I would take it. Here's the thing though. If Jim Harbaugh is the head coach of the Chargers, there's trading. no way in hell they are trading Justin Herbert. No, absolutely not. Thanks for but the call, we, Roy. But appreciate if we it. do this oh. early, but if we do this early, maybe that would convince Harbaugh to come to Chicago. I know we already locked up on Eberflus, but you know, that would be a scenario. Well, you if they couldn't haven't. do it until the new league year started, which is in March. Yeah. And Harbaugh is going to have his decision made, I'd yeah. imagine, in the next week or two. And that's after the. That's true. Yeah. So thanks, Roy. All Appreciate right, thank it. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. So, yeah, I think that that's, uh, you know, I don't think that they're going to have those conversations against, uh, again, trading away assets. Um, but you never know. They might. They yeah. might. Adam's in Boston listening on the ESPN Chicago app. What's up, Adam? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. Good. Hey, so I was curious to get your opinion on this comp. I grew up going to every Bears game from 1984 to 1986. 96? 96? And I remember Good seeing Steve Young come in with Tampa, and he had all these athletic skills, and he had flashes, he, he, but he sucked. He, they were not good with him. And, you know, so Tampa trades him, and he becomes a Hall of Famer. And then they, they, they take Vinny Testaverde, number one overall, so much hype coming out of Miami. And he thinks with Tampa, too. But then he goes to the Jets and takes them to the AFC Championship game and looks good another stop much later in his career. Could the Bears screw this up, like, both ways? I mean, can you like... You know, what, is that a comp? Like, could Justin Fields be Steve Young? I don't know if he can be Steve Young, Adam, but um, I think that more that I think about it, I think he can be somewhere. Like, we've always, like, Chris and I have always said, can he be Dak, right? Yeah. Can he be a guy that you hope limits turnovers, that, but then you see what happens against the Packers, and right. he's throwing turnovers left and right. But he's also a big threat with his legs. He basically has to become a better thrower. And I don't know if Steve Young is is possible. Thanks, Adam. Appreciate it. Yeah, the, the other thing too with with Dak is like Dak needs everything else to be right around him too. Yeah, like look look at those well, Cowboys teams. <laughs> doesn't feel exactly right. Like like that, and that's why I think it's a good comp. Like everything sort of has to be right around him. I think. Dak can elevate a little bit more. He's obviously a much better passer than yeah. than Justin is, but everything has to be ideal around him. He's had an elite offensive line around him. He's had uh, terrific receivers over the course of his careers. Bonafide number ones. Whether it was Cooper, whether it's right now with CD Lamb, whether I think they were together, both of them together at one mm-hmm. point too. So I, I look at it as all right, and, and that's kind of the the argument against going with that model as well of oh, make everything perfect around the quarterback. Look at the teams that have tried to do that. The Cowboys are one of them. The Dolphins are another one of them. And both of those teams have not been successful in terms of playoff, the playoffs. Yeah. So uh, it's you need your quarterback to elevate you in the playoffs. Things aren't perfect around Jordan Love. Things aren't perfect around C.J. Stroud. But they make them good enough. Let's go to now regular on the uh, Bleck and Abdallah show. Derek is in Brooklyn. What's up, Derek? Brooklyn in the yo, house. Yo, how you Good man. How are you? Chilling, man. I just wanted to say, listen, keep the pick, draft Caleb, and then get the next best offensive lineman at the ninth pick, and then maybe sign Danell Hunter. That's just my opinion. But I think whatever quarterback, we got to still upgrade the line first. So I say get another offensive lineman, 
and then let, every, let everything else fall into place for free agency and the other draft picks. Always listen and love you guys. Go Bears, bear down. Take it easy, fellas. Bear down, Thanks, Derek. Derek. Appreciate it. Here's what I would say. I would like to get a little younger on the defensive line, yeah. too. Like yeah. it, Montez Sweat isn't old, but he's not young. What is he? He's going to be going into his year 28 season, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's just... I would like to get a little bit younger on that defensive line so when Sweat's contract is up, you, the 125 that you invested in him, you will pay the comparable amount for that, hopefully, if everything goes right. Mm-hmm. But hopefully you will pay that comparable amount to this guy. Yeah, and Daniel Hunter will turn 30 next year as well, in the yeah. middle of the season. October, uh, End of October is his birthday. So he'll be you know 29 and 30, yeah. 30, basically. I wouldn't say no to... To Daniil Hunter, but I think you're better off going younger if possible. I think that this team looks at look at the Packers, right? They're the young one of the youngest teams in the NFL, one of the youngest I offenses. Snap adjusted age, which just basically means guys who play. Yeah, they're the youngest team, and you have to compete with that for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. You know, because it doesn't look like Jordan Love's going to regress uh, this season. Maybe, <laughs> maybe a little bit next season, but it seems like they've gotten it right. Um, and so you want to keep up with that. And the way you do that is you, you draft young premier players and edge rusher is a premier position. Mm -hmm. And so getting, you know, Dallas Turner or Jared verse, wherever it ends up, I feel like that is the way to go as opposed to paying an edge rusher. You could pay other positions. I just wouldn't, if you, if Turner or, one of those guys fall to you, mm-hmm. I would definitely take them. And here's the other thing, too. I think there are players within your team right now that deserve to be rewarded right now. Mm-hmm. Jalen Johnson is a guy that yeah, absolutely. you should be allocating money for. For sure. Tevin Jenkins, someone you should be allocating money for. Uh, whether you draft or sign a center, either way, you're going to have to invest in the center position as mm-hmm. well. So I, that's why I would like to, I think, going young with the edge rusher or going young with the receiver... That's the best course of action. 312-332-3776. All calls welcome on this Friday as they are every Friday. Brought to you by Tito's Handmade Vodka. Let's go to Steve in o- at O'Hare. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Um, so shifting gears over to back to the Bulls. So I'd like to hear your opinion on this possible scenario. Sending Zach to Portland where he's from, the Northwest, for Jeremy Grant. We could take some extra salary off of Portland. It would give us a 20-point score at power forward. Pat Williams could go back to the second unit and, and learn uh, to be a, a solid 82-game NBA player, and it would uh, bolster the lineup. All right, Steve, appreciate the phone call. I have a hard time believing there's a Zach Levine trade that happens without draft picks. Involved. Yeah, well, and, and the other thing too is the Bulls have Portland's pro- like super protected pick. Yes, and I know that whenever Portland makes a trade, it seems like there's a check in with the Bulls to try. Like it behooves both of these teams for the Bulls to not have this draft pick. Well, and, and for also it to get transferred somewhere. It, but to his point, to Steve's point, the reports are that the Bulls want you know good players, players. back yeah. because they still want to make some form of a playoff run. Mm-hmm. from this squad um i don't know if that's going to be possible if, if otherwise you're just going to get picks but you know like the lakers talk is out because they don't have picks forever you know and they don't want, uh, they him, don't want like. him either yeah the reports are that they don't even want him so it's going to be tough to find a team that's willing to trade you quality players for zach levine 
and try to make a run that way. Let's go to Lake Villa. Jesse is in Lake Villa. What's up, Jesse? Hey, guys. How's it going? Good. So I just wanted to say I got a couple ideas that I haven't really heard from many people. One would be um, kind of take the Houston Texans approach, um, take Caleb at one, and then possibly trade the ninth pick in Justin Fields to Washington for their third and getting an edge rusher. Washington's got the second. Or the, uh, doesn't New England have the second? Uh, no. no, Washington has the second. Yeah. New England's got the New third. England's got three, yeah. Oh. Okay, well, either way, uh, you know, one of the, you know, Washington for the second, and then uh, kind of taking the same approach and grabbing an edge rusher like Will Anderson last year and C.J. Stroud last year, kind of mm-hmm. like Caleb and Dallas, uh, was his name, Turner? Dallas Turner, yeah. yeah. And then another idea I got is, um, you know, you can trade that number one overall pick back, um, possibly get New England's center, possibly a couple picks, you know. Um, you could possibly get Jaden Daniels and have a little comp, uh, competition between Justin Fields and Jaden Daniels. I know they're kind of similar with uh, athleticism. Um, I don't know if you guys saw the Florida game with Jaden Daniels, but he had like 300 passing yards and like 200 rushing yards or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think uh, them two, they got a good um, similar style of play. Um, and if you're trying to restart that clock, you can, um, you know, worst case, Fields plays good, you trade Daniels. If Fields plays bad, you got Daniels to fall back on. Um, and, and with that, you know, if you draft Jaden at uh, two or three or whatever um, and trade back or wherever you pick him, you still got the ninth pick to draft, you know, maybe a receiver if Neighbors is there. Um, I'll let you guys, uh, I'll hang up and let you guys answer the questions that, you know. All right, I thanks, Jesse. Appreciate it. Yep. I think that there are two things wrong with that. One, and listen, no offense, Jesse, but um, it seems like the commanders are probably going to hire Ben Johnson. Well, the other thing, too, if like, the commanders have new ownership now. Yeah. They have a new GM. Yeah. If anything, they're going to make a big swing. Like, I see the commanders trying to trade up for one more so than I see them trying to trade out yeah, of two. I don't think they're going to want uh, Justin Fields. I think that Ben Johnson is going to come in and either want Caleb Williams or want Drake May. Yes. Right? And then... The other point, having a competition, I don't think that that's going to happen either. Because yeah. if you bring Jaden Daniels in, if you draft him third overall, he's starting. Yeah. Like there's not, because the way practices work and the way training camp works, you can't split reps and have like a legit competition. It's what's screwed over the last two quarterbacks the Bears have drafted. Absolutely, it has. It's, it's splitting reps doesn't work because they're so limited in training camp and in practice. And then obviously, if you get into the preseason games, Guys aren't playing, so you don't really, you can't, it's not really fair to judge some of the quarterbacks because if Jane Daniels starts a game and plays with the ones and then Fields plays against the twos and then, you know, Fields has a better game, like you can't really judge. So any quarterback that's taken in the first round is going to, or in the first top three, at least, I would say, yeah, is top going 10, to start. Yeah. yeah, top 10 for sure is going to start. 312 332 3776. All calls welcome. More calls coming up next. Chicago's home for sports. Black and Abdallah. ESPN Chicago. The 
This is Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. I'd like you to meet someone who's really special. It's Black and Abdallah. A real inspiration. Follow us on the gram at Black and Abdallah and at ESPN underscore Chicago. Calls welcome Friday here on Black and Abdallah. Tyler Aki is in for Chris Black. Let's go to John. Is in Elmwood Park. What's up, John? Hey, how's it going, fellas? Long time, first time. Just wanted to uh, chime in on the team debate. Everybody always chimes in on. Sure. Um, first thing first. Uh, I'm a big polls guy. I'm a big fan of Ryan Poles and everything that he's done. And I just want to take a stab at saying we're curious about what he's going to do with Caleb and Justin. I prefer to go the Caleb route. I'm a big believer in just kind of resetting the market and all that. But looking at the history of polls, everybody always wants to go offensive line. And seeing that he found Braxton Jones in the fifth round, seeing that we've had some success with him observing that, I'm comfortable with him finding somebody at that pace. And as well as looking at the Tyson Bajan acquisition. Now, we all agree that, yes, he's not a franchise quarterback, but he, that is his quarterback that he handpicked out of a Division two school that was that everybody had access to that somehow he was the one that went and found them. And we talk about the psyche of Caleb Williams. Um, Tyson Bajan, I think everybody commends him largely on his maturity, the way he carries himself, his leader, the uh, his leadership capabilities, things like that. So if he was able to find a guy, you know, from a division two school that's capable of playing quarterback in, in the NFL level as a backup, for sure, not a franchise guy, but still a capable quality quarterback, but who's to say that he's not going to make the right decision in the first round with the first overall pick with the selection amongst any quarterback in football? Here's what I would say about that, John, is that, and I know this is going to, I'm going to have to duck and cover after this. Uh-oh. Tyson Bajant may have been more of a Luke Getze find. Oh, no. Luke Getze was the coach at the Senior Bowl, and that's where they kind of identified him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Ryan Pulse was down there, too. Backup quarterback? Ryan Pulse was down there, too, but. Yeah. No, for sure, but I mean, putting into the into the framework of you know, you bring the you bring the players to the podium or to the meeting room, but to still be able to kind of identify dig deep and say, okay, you know, let's take a shot at it. I get it; it's a gutsy thing, but I'm just confident that this man does his research, does his extensive. He's not going to go roll with the Ryan Pace way. Like whatever he decides, I I think really will be the right decision. At least I'm just praying for it at the Bears, man. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot, John. Appreciate it. I, I mean, as far as the the comment about the offensive lineman, yes, I do trust Ryan Poles to yeah. find offensive linemen later in the draft. Obviously, he found Darnell Wright in the first round. That was kind of a no brainer pick there. Mm-hmm. He was he's been great so far. He played probably, hurt the entire year too. Probably had a hand in moving Tevin Jenkins to left guard. Oh, also. absolutely, and repairing that relationship. Yeah, you know, like when he came in. Jenkins, there were reports that he wanted to trade. There were reports that he wanted out, like all this kind of stuff. So I feel confident in what Ryan Poles can do. We'll see if he can pick a quarterback. He hasn't done that yet. So we'll see if he can do it this year or if he plans to stick with Justin Fields. Lewis is in Ohio. What's up, Lewis? What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Good. How are you? Good, good. So I got, I got two things if I got, if I got the time for it. Um, one, I'm a little cynical on... I know a lot of people are calling in trying to trade back with Washington or New England. I just don't see those two franchises giving up a boatload of picks when they're kind of needing all that ammunition to build those teams back up. Lewis, I do think and, Washington could because they're going to want to take a big swing, new ownership. Mm-hmm. Caleb Williams is a DC area guy. Like that could be, that's the one that I could really see with an extreme overpay. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, maybe, right? Like, I, I just, I know most of the mocks I see people picking up so many picks with just moving down one spot. I, I realistically see them trading down. Maybe it's Atlanta. Maybe it's, you know, the Raiders. And maybe you can really squeeze a team for a bunch of picks because you're really dropping down significantly. But you, you really can make a team overpay for that. Um, and then secondly, I kind of, I kind of had a, I kind of had a bit idea for you guys. So I spent a lot of time driving to work, listening to Cap and Hood, and Cap, man, like I don't know how y'all let that guy on the airwaves sometimes, man. Some of the stuff he's got going on okay. and talking about, and I, I thought you guys can have fun and play a little game called Cap or No Cap, and I don't know if you guys got get that sort of jargon down, but Cap being like, if he's saying something outrageous, you just pull up the clip and be like, yeah, that's Cap. Like, that's a lie. Mm-hmm. All right. And if he's capping, it's a lie. If he's no capping, it's the truth. And I just thought that'd be kind of fun considering all the crazy things he's saying in the morning. All right. Thanks a lot, Lewis. Appreciate it. All right, man. I'm all coming, right. hon. All right, cap or no cap? Daddy likey. Cap. All right, cap or no cap? I'm coming, hon. That's cap. <laughs> that's cap. cap. I don't think that's cap. Cap or no cap? Limp foot effort. That's no cap. That popped. <laughs> Let's go to Mark in Lincoln Park. What's up, Mark? Oh, dear. It's, uh, that's hard to follow, Adam. Eh, How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Uh, all right. Adam Tyler, how are you guys? Uh, so I've taken a month and a half, and I finally have formed an opinion on the, the pick, if shall we say. So are we in agreement that quarterbacks are the most important position in all sports? Oh, yes. Yeah. No? I agree mm-hmm. yeah, that for they sure. are. And I think the differential between the top elite quarterbacks to the next level, to the mid-back, to the sub-quarterbacks is enormous, and it's very effective on a win-loss record. Agree or not agree? I agree. And when Justin was drafted, he was not the elite, okay? So at this point, it becomes a no-brainer. Caleb potentially can be your elite. So you take the one. At the nine, you take the best possible position player that you need, the edge rusher, the lineman, what you deem necessary. With Justin, you fulfill, you, you grab a two-pick somewhere with somebody because he has tremendous value for Atlanta. I mean, Ryan Pace has screwed up this organization for years. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll take him. So <laughs> I think a position player in the NFL, there's, it's a minute difference because those guys are all, they're all awesome. But with that quarterback, there is the differential between the top five and the other 27, 29 guys. So that's my, and I've listened to you guys every day, all day, read all this stuff. Just a thought. I I think it becomes a no brainer decision for Ryan Poles to go, hey, we have a potential for the elite quarterback and not a pack player quarterback or a mid quarterback. Justin's good. We, We know he's good. He's big, he's strong, he can do all this stuff but he's not reading the progressions quick enough to be elite level thoughts. All right. Thanks Mark. Appreciate it. I, I tend to agree that they're going to, that he's not like getting it. We haven't seen it yet. The one thing I would disagree with though is I I do think Justin was an elite quarterback prospect. Oh, for sure. Because I I think he was was him and Lawrence. One and two Lawrence one, two all through high school. I don't know what happened with the college evaluation. I mean, they they liked Zach Wilson in shorts and they liked uh, Trey Lance playing uh, no games mm-hmm. like that was just odd yeah. to me yeah both of those um and I mean even like I think both of those teams would probably say they would rather have not taken their respective guys and taken Justin Fields instead mm-hmm. um but no I, I I do think that it is 
it, like Caleb's the elite of elite prospects. Yeah. And you can say what you want about, oh, these guys still have a chance to bust up. Yeah, everyone has a chance to be a bust in the NFL. <laughs> like, you have to keep rolling the dice on these quarterbacks. You have to. You have to start from scratch with them because if you keep holding on and holding on and holding, you end up like the Vegas Raiders. Yeah. And who held on to Derek Carr for the longest time. And you just thought there was a little bit something in there. Oh, let's go get Devontae Adams and really make... No. You have to keep rolling the dice, or otherwise you get stuck. Absolutely you do. Let's go to Vince's in Roselle. What's up, Vince? Hey, what's going on? Abdallah Anaki. Happy Friday. Um, here's what I got to say, man. And this is coming from a guy four years ago when I watched Fields. I'm like, I really hope the Bears get the number one pick so they can get that guy. Fast forward a couple of years later, Justin Fields, I love him. I give him all the credit in the world, but he's just not good enough as a pocket passer. Everything's just lower, a pitch slower, a pitch longer to process things. And I don't know how that's going to hold up for five years, ten years down the road. So I think they draft Caleb Williams number one. That's if and only if he passes all the character evaluations that Ryan Pulse has got to put him through. Um, number nine, they got to go with the tackle. Because I don't think they will get um, Badunze or, or who's the other guy? Neighbors? Neighbors, yeah. That's the number. Yeah, so, and they they need a big body type of receiver. So I think they go D. Higgins and free agency and uh, another pass rusher via free agency. That's my thought process there. Um I don't think Justin Fields is great enough, and I'm with you, Aki. You guys keep taking the shots until you get the great ones that last you 10 to 15 years, and your franchise is always in the mix because of your quarterback. When we look at the other teams that build everything around the quarterback, how many of them have had long-term success? Really none of them. So that's my take for on, the, on this topic. All right. Thanks, Vince. Appreciate it. I don't think T. Higgins is going to be available. I think they're either going to get a deal done with him or they're going to franchise tag him. I I don't know if a deal will get done, but franchise tag for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think Pro Football Focus put out their best, you know, the best free, free agents, agents available yeah. and their prediction. And their prediction is franchise tag. Yeah. So whether or not they get a deal done, they don't have to because they have the franchise tag. Same with Jalen Johnson here. You know, uh, they could franchise him. They could get a deal done. Ideally, they get a deal done so you don't have, like, there's always worries of a holdout or right. something like that. But Trade demand. I don't think that, I think that the Bengals understand that the value that they have of having Jamar Chase and T. Higgins on the yes. same team with Joe Burrow and how, like, necessary having two of those guys are. Because we saw it. When Jamar Chase was injured, T. Higgins carried that team. Yeah, like it was Burrow, and that, and then not even with Burrow when he was hurt. So like, yeah. you have to have two solid wide receivers, and I think the Bears will try to get one. Um, I just don't know how, if if this mock draft is right. I don't know how they're going to do it, but I'm sure they will. Uh, Ryan Poles, that's his job. He will figure it out. We'll bring you song of the night and take more of your calls on this all calls welcome Friday coming up next. This is Chicago's Home for Sports on FM 100.3 HD2, the ESPN Chicago app, and ESPN 1000. This is Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's Home for Sports. 
You're listening to Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Follow the show on Twitter at Chris Black and at Adam A. Abdallah. turntables Tyler all calls welcome door one or door two door three all right we'll go with door number two two times in one week Mitchell in displays what's up Mitchell hey good evening there uh, team Aries and team Ted Terrace uh, again the fire signs are ruling the week <laughs> congratulations yeah. a lot of um, fire in the studio a lot of fire, yeah. Um, I wanted to follow up on a story that you guys did, uh, Black and Abdallah, like seven months ago. And this is based on films that were based on high school. And there were some that you left out that I want to kind of fill in the blanks, okay? Just a few. First of all, there's a movie called The Person Being a Wallflower. came out in 2012, filmed in 2011. You got Paul Rudd. Every person in that cast is an all-star. One of the guys who's like now was got kicked out of the – the Marvel comics were some, you know, conspiracy or whatever. You, you'll, know, you'll know who he is. But the movie's really dark, but it's outstanding. That movie could have been made in 1987. It references Air Supply and the Smiths, and it totally works. But that's not the premise. It's about this kid who's very precocious. He's very smart, and he's in his freshman year, and he's having kind of this adjustment. And then I'll leave it there, but it's a must-see. It's everywhere. Number two, you've got uh, the movie that just came out. It's called The Holdovers with Paul Giamatti. It's a kid from a private school, or he's a teacher from a private school. Um, it's up for Academy Award. He's up for Best Actor. He's going to get it. It's outstanding. It's about a private school in Massachusetts with a sense of entitlement, and he kind of has to oversee some really deep-seated issues. The other one is called School Ties. It came out in 1992 with Brendan Fraser, who actually goes to a private school He's this Jewish kid that goes to a really waspy school in the uh, Northeast, and he is their quarterback. And he has to deal with these, like, these racial, it's, it's, an outst- it's his best performance ever. And it's a football movie. At the same time, it takes place. He gets recruited his senior year to be the quarterback to, to beat, like, their rivals in this, you know, very expensive private school somewhere in Boston. Matt I watched that in, in uh, middle school English, mm-hmm. Mitchell. What's that? I watched that movie in middle school English. You got to hurry oh, up, Mitchell. Yeah, we okay. got to get the song of the night. Okay, now, last one, okay? Peacock has basically released Las Vegas, the TV show I was on. I'm on season two, episode 18, called Protect and Serve, okay? Yeah. That's my, me and Joe Rogan opened up that scene. Oh, I know. So if, if you're on Peacock, go see it, because I just got some residual checks, and the more you see, the more I make, and that is a bottom I wonder if we got Mitchell those residual checks. Thanks, Mitchell. Have a good weekend. Take care, guys. Thanks. I, I wonder if we uh, we got him those residual checks because we had people going and looking for everyone just the signed episodes. up for Peacock to watch the NFL game, and now they're all going to cancel. Well, someone found someone in the Twitch chat found it online yeah, and was I posting that. it. <laughs> yeah, and so uh, they were watching it. I wonder if that's why he got the uh, residual <laughs> checks. Every night around this time, we bring you the song of the night. I want to rock. Turn up the volume and don't touch that dial side. because dial. it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume because it's time for Black and Abdullah's Song of the Night. Yo, Larry. Tonight, 1994. That's right, 30.
go. She, Green Day. She screams in silence. She, clearly. year it came out 30 years ago and green day put out an album today and let me tell you my friend it is garbage uh so i i listened to it and i wanted to hear some old green day i love this album this is one of my favorite albums ever uh i had to actually buy this album twice because it was confiscated for me by my parents because of the song fod because i was like 10 when I got it. <laughs> and they're like parental advisory what does this mean uh and so they took it away but uh i listened to most of the new album not for me but they are performing Dookie in its entirety on their tour this year. They're playing Wrigley later this year. Are you are you uh, going or are you backyard concerting? I'll probably backyard concert if the wind is blowing the right way. <laughs> I can hear it. Uh, if it's not, I might look for a ticket day of. I've seen Green Day multiple times. They put on a great show. Who are, um, they're performing with someone, right? Uh, it's um, Smashing Pumpkins. Pumpkins. Yeah, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. Right. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I will uh, maybe be there. I don't know. I'll probably try to just listen to it from my porch. But, uh, yeah, this album's great. Song of the Night, Green Day, She. Hey, turn up the volume and don't touch that dial because it's time for... What dial? There's, there's no dial on my phone. Yeah, it's just an... Exp- ah, never mind. Crank the volume, because it's time for Black and Abdallah's Song of the Night. Yo, later. More of your calls coming up next. Black and Abdallah on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's home for sports.